Whatever masters you has your heart. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good Monday morning, my friends. We are moving on in Luke's Gospel today. We're actually starting a brand new chapter, starting chapter 16. And we are in the midst of another parable of Jesus. And he takes on the challenge of um, wealth, but he also talks about um, the way that people of the light function in the world. And so we kind of get a twofer here, um, although the way that we uh, handle worldly wealth um, does say a lot about our hearts. And so uh, these teachings, this teaching is certainly got a unity to it and a congruency that will um, uh, make sense as we move through the verses. Uh, but as is our custom, before we get into the word, let's take some time in the Father's presence. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a new day and a new week, and the challenges of the week behind us uh, remind us that you were there with us all the way, and Lord, we don't know what this week will have in store, um, what challenges, what joys, what opportunities, um, and so Lord, ready our hearts as we uh, launch into a new week, and Lord, we're mindful too that we're moving further into our celebration of the Christmas season, and we're reminded, uh, Jesus, that you are the God who came near um, you're our Emmanuel, and you have never stopped uh, staying close to us. You are always there, and we're grateful for your nearness in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that we would have uh, a beautiful experience in this Christmas season uh, with your nearness as we celebrate your birth, your coming to be with us, and your ultimate uh, mission of um, dying and being resurrected. Uh, for the sake of our redemption, and we give you thanks in our hearts today. Father, tune our ears to the sound of your voice as we study your word, and we pray that you would give us new insight and understanding through it as your spirit teaches us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, hang on for the ride. We're going to be tackling 15 verses today, um, and so there's quite a bit here. Uh, but uh, we are up for the challenge. <laughs> All right, this is Luke 16, verses 1 through 15. Jesus told his disciples, There was a rich man whose manager was a- accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors, and he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? Nine hundred gallons of olive oil, he said. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it four hundred and fifty. Then he asked the second, And how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. And he told him, take your bill and make it eight hundred. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. 
So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all of this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. Now, uh, the target audience for this teaching was uh, obviously the Pharisees and teachers of the law who were money-hungry and were constantly vying for their own position, uh, their own... um, persona uh, in society. Uh, They were concerned with uh, how others viewed them, and they wanted to be viewed as uh, the big shots. And so Jesus takes them on in this teaching, but this teaching certainly applies to anyone who would listen uh, because of the challenges we face around um, basing our security in money and in earthly things. Um, there's a strong temptation in this life to base our security in earthly things, especially money. We feel uh, better, don't we, when we have more money in our bank account and we don't have to worry about next week's bills, next month's bills, and we build that little reserve and we begin to depend on it being there. And then all of a sudden we have an unexpected car repair or all of a sudden One of the children gets sick and we have to take them to the doctor and then we begin to see some expensive bills rack up as there's testing and things like that. Um, Or (laughs) uh, there is a pause in someone's employment situation. And so uh, the more security we build into our lives based on our accumulation of uh, money and savings, um, the more tenuous the footing of our life's foundation because the reality is those things are not uh, able to provide us with true security they might provide us with a temporal sense of security in the in the moment uh, but they don't provide us with true security for our souls now in this teaching jesus talks about uh, a rich man who obviously uh, has a lot of debtors uh, who owe him things And this rich man has a manager looking after his affairs. And the manager finds himself in trouble. And so he gets brought in to talk to the owner uh, because he's not doing such a good job managing things. And the owner tells him, hey, you're going to lose your job. And um, I'm not sure I can trust you to manage things anymore. Um, You've not managed my affairs well. Uh, The accounts are not getting paid. And um, I'm going to have to make a change. And so this manager realizes he's about to lose his job and his skill set is not going to allow him to do other jobs that he feels qualified for. And so he knows he will be at the behest of people in his life who will welcome him in uh, in the interim between this current job and finding something else that's suitable. And so he goes to the master's uh, debtors and he begins to reduce the amount that they owe back to the master. Now, this is obviously a dishonest thing. (laughs) Uh, If this one person owes the master this much, he reduces it by a third or something. And uh, as the story told us, and he goes down and does that several times. And um, the master sees what he's doing, but he he, um, uh, 
commends the manager for acting shrewdly. Now, this is worldly shrewdness, and um, this is a dishonest way of uh, setting oneself up uh, so that they have um, opportunities once they lose their job. But uh, the master nonetheless commends him. But then Jesus gets into the meat and potatoes of the of the character issues surrounding this story and of the moral issues surrounding the story. He says, um, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you are welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now that talks about an attitudinal uh, view of what we do with our resources. If we use worldly wealth, whatever God has given us to gain friends for ourselves, that means that we're using it in such a way as to bless others, as to uh, commend ourselves to others uh, so that when it's gone, God will see what we have done with the resources he's provided us with, and we will be in, we will be welcomed into his eternal home. He sees that as an attitude of the heart consistent with one who professes faith in Jesus. Um, if we have faith in our money, we are likely not to use our money in ways that will bless and uh, help others. Uh, we might do a few small things to make ourselves feel better, uh, but we're not going to use our wealth as a way of making other people's lives better uh, consistently. Now, those who trust in Jesus for their security, those who trust that God has given them resources to steward for the purpose of the kingdom in the world, use whatever resources they have to bless others, ultimately. And God, through the giving of those resources, also takes care of their needs. Uh, Jesus goes on to say, the, uh, the issue of character here is that whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. But whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. And the manager proved that. He had been given this job. He was entrusted really with the affairs of his master, and he was dishonest in his handling of those affairs. Um, now, Jesus says, if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? It says something about your heart, what you do with your money, what you do with your resources, what you do with responsibilities that you've been given. And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? So Jesus is saying there's a matter of the heart here that must be addressed. We've got to look deep within. We've got to ask ourselves the hard questions. Am I a trustworthy person? Can I be trusted um, when I'm given responsibilities? Can I be trusted with the very little I've been given? Jesus goes on to say, and this is kind of a famous passage in verse 13, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Either God can be master of your heart and master of your life, or money can. They will necessarily get in each other's way. When God is master, uh, you have surrendered to his leadership. You've surrendered to his um, priorities. You've surrendered to his ways. You've surrendered to his will. If money is your master, there will be no room for God in your life because you, there will be no end to your need to pursue more. There will be no end to your need to pursue bigger and better. Uh, and wealth will own your heart and God will be um, pushed out. Not because he's not trying to make himself known, but because you are so absorbed by wealth and the pursuit of wealth that you simply won't have room in your heart for him. Not in an honest way, at least. 
So the Pharisees are listening and Jesus confronts them because he knows of their love for money. And he says, you're constantly trying to justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. And it's true for us too. God knows our hearts. He knows what masters us. He knows what we're pursuing. He knows what we focus our attention and efforts on. And if it's the kingdom, our lives will bear that out and there will be no denying that. Our true character will shine forth. Um, but if it's money, our lives will bear that out and there will be no denying that because who we really are devoted to and what really masters us will be clear. Jesus says it so, so well. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. Uh, what people, what earthly folk value highly um, is detestable. God wants them to value him and his heart and the things of the kingdom but humans often turn to the temporal things that they can get their hands on. Um, and in God's eyes, those are detestable because they're of no eternal value. God's desire is that we would focus our energy and attention on things of eternal value, not on worldly wealth, which fades away. All right, my friends, I'm challenged by this teaching. And I pray that we would take a look deep within and ask ourselves what's mastering us and evaluate um, whether or not Jesus masters our heart or if something else does. All right, have a great day today as you start your week, and thanks for taking some time out of your day to study with us.